The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. There are certain things in life that have consequences. There are some natural consequences. If you drop something, it's going to fall because of gravity. If you don't drink water, you're going to get dehydrated. If someone punches you, it's going to hurt. And there are also consequences in life that are man-made. We have a government that has put laws in place for our benefit and the benefit of our entire nation. And when those laws are broken, there are consequences. If you speed on the highway, you're going to get a ticket. If you litter, you're going to get fined. If you kill someone, you're going to have to spend time in jail. But there are times when those consequences aren't always carried out. And one thing that prevents those consequences is the presidential pardon. For those of you who might not know what that is, it's essentially the power that every president of the United States has had to save someone from the consequences of their crimes. One example that came to my mind was President Jimmy Carter and the Vietnam War draft dodgers. In that case, those men no longer had to face the fines and the imprisonment that they deserved. The president can pardon whomever he wants with almost no questions asked. And from a logical standpoint, you might think to yourself, how is that fair? Shouldn't everyone be answerable to their actions and the consequences that follow? But that's not always the case, as seen with the presidential pardon. And we can compare that pardon to God and his grace. God can save whomever he wants from the consequences of their sins. No questions asked. But we don't always want to accept that. We like to measure God's grace according to our standards. But today you will see that you can't measure God's grace not towards others, and not towards yourself. For those who are unfamiliar with the story of Jonah, I'll summarize it quickly for you. Jonah was a prophet of God, one of his messengers. And God wanted Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, one of Israel's greatest enemies. But Jonah didn't want to go to that city. So instead, he got on a boat and sailed as fast as he could in the opposite direction. But God sent storms against that boat, which endangered the entire crew. And so Jonah confessed what he had done. And he had the crew throw him overboard where God sent a huge fish to swallow him. And Jonah spent three days in the belly of that fish until it finally spat him up on shore. And then he went to Nineveh and preached God's message of repentance. And that is where the story picks up. Jonah didn't like God's decision decision to show the people of Nineveh his grace. That's very clear in his reason for not wanting to go in the first place. It wasn't because he was scared of Nineveh as Israel's enemy, but it was because he knew that God would forgive them. Jonah knew who God was. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah decided 
that the Ninevites didn't deserve God's grace. But God did that very thing Jonah feared. That message of repentance, it worked on the hearts of the Ninevites, and they turned from their wicked back to God. And God, in his mercy, relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Seeing this, Jonah got so angry that he preferred death over life. And God questioned Jonah's anger. Is it right for you to be angry? Of course not. Jonah was completely in the wrong for thinking that he knew who deserved God's grace and who didn't. To Jonah, the Ninevites were 120,000 disgusting sinners who deserved to be wiped off the face of the earth. But to God, that was 120,000 people, all of whom he had created, not even counting the animals. To God, they were his lost children, who didn't even know the difference between their right and their left. Nevertheless, what is and isn't pleasing to God. Sometimes we like to judge who is and isn't worthy of God's grace, just like Jonah did. And sometimes we can make that decision on something as simple as an outward appearance. You see that unfriendly neighbor and you think that they won't ever want to hear about God, especially not from me. Or you see the third different woman that month leave your neighbor's house and you think, the only thing that guy will ever want to worship is his own pleasure. But Jesus never viewed others that way. Jesus was just as Jonah described, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He ate and associated with tax collectors and prostitutes, people on the lowest level of Israelite society. He took the time to teach and to heal beggars. Jesus even went so far as to die on the cross, not just for you and me, but for all those people who don't deserve God's grace. So, is it right for us to determine who is and isn't worthy of God's grace? No. But God uses stories like this to point out our selfish attitudes and to bring us back to him in repentance, just like he did for the Ninevites. God corrects our view of his grace so that we see others just as he sees them, not as those sinners, but as God's children. One man that I recently met told me an awesome story demonstrating this exact point. Let's let's call him James. So James had gotten remarried later in life, and his new wife had some adult children at this point, including one daughter who had married a practicing Satanist. And the first time James met this new son-in-law of his, they talked about God a little bit. And so a few days pass, and that son-in-law calls his mother-in-law and asks her, is James serious about believing in God? And she says, yeah. And in fact, he's right here if you want to keep talking to him. And so they talked more about God and the Bible. And fast forward a few months, that once practicing Satanist was now regularly attending Bible studies, digging deeper into God's word. That is what God's grace can accomplish through us when we don't try to measure his grace to others. And I'm not telling you this story to make you feel guilty. 
but I'm telling it to you to inspire you and to ask God to help you to see those people in your life who you might think are too far gone as his lost children and to tell them about the grace that God has already shown to them in Jesus. Then you can rejoice every single time one of those lost souls is saved. So God had to teach Jonah about his incorrect view of grace towards others. But unfortunately, that wasn't the only problem Jonah had with God's grace. Jonah saw himself much differently than he saw the Ninevites. In fact, he saw himself in the exact opposite way. He thought he deserved God's grace. And so God once again takes the time to teach Jonah about his grace, but this time focused on himself. So while Jonah is sitting outside of Nineveh waiting to see what happens to the city, God provided a plant to give him shade from the sun. And we hear that Jonah's very happy about that. So once again, God continues to show Jonah his grace. But just a short time later, God also sent that worm, which chewed up the plant and it killed it. And on top of that, God sent a scorching wind. And so Jonah, once again, gets mad. He thought he deserved God's grace. He thought he deserved that plant which was giving him shade. And he even got so mad that he says, once again, it would be better for me to die than to live. Dramatic? Yeah. Self-centered? Absolutely. And so God asks him that same question from earlier. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And this time, we get an answer. Jonah says, yeah, I do deserve to be upset about that plant. Wow, Jonah. And God reminds him, you didn't do anything to create that plant or to even take care of it. So who are you to get upset about what I decided to do with my creation? And even more unbelievable than that, the audacity Jonah had to get just as mad about one plant that had been alive for less than 24 hours as he did about 120,000 people who were spared from hell. But now that God's grace was going in Jonah's favor, he liked it. And when God decided to take that grace away, he thought it wasn't fair. Once again, we view God's grace a whole lot like Jonah. We convince ourselves that we deserve God's grace. All of the good things we have in our lives, our health, our time, our possessions, our loved ones, those are all graces from God. But sometimes we think we have a right to those things. And when we have that mindset, we start to focus more on the gifts instead of the giver. And then we start to measure God's grace according to physical blessings instead of spiritual blessings, and especially instead of the spiritual blessing of salvation from sin. If and when God decides to take those graces away from us, we get mad, just like Jonah. We think it isn't fair. But do you know what's actually fair? If God were to strike down each and every one of us here today because of our sins, that's fair. But God, 
God isn't fair. God doesn't give us what we deserve, but he is still gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. The fact that God sent his son Jesus isn't fair. God saw our sins and the sins of the whole world, and he still decided to send his own son. It's like being on the battlefield and seeing an enemy who's been killed. But instead of walking away, you decide to give him CPR and bandage his wounds and bring him back to life. It doesn't make any logical sense, but that is exactly what God has done for us. We can't measure God's grace towards ourselves because it's simply too great. Knowing this, it it humbles us and it inspires our thanks. We can't begin to comprehend the enormity of God's grace, but now we want to share it, even if it's just a fraction of that grace. Before we consider God's grace towards others, we need to remember the immeasurable amount of grace that God has shown to us. The next time you hear about a presidential pardon in the news, remember what God has done to pardon you from your sins. When you remember the immeasurable amount of God's grace, it will fix the way that you view his grace towards others and towards yourself. And then you will be free to truly enjoy all of the other graces God has given to you. Take comfort and find joy in that illogical and incomprehensible grace. Amen.